Welcome back to another episode of Jake's Takes. My name is Jake. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the podcast. On this week's episode, we are going to be looking at the NBA and the playoffs. Playoffs start today, Monday, and we are going to be looking at the best teams and looking at every single series, storyline, storylines of these teams and everything going on with those teams. And so that is um, our plan. So let's get started. Milwaukee versus Orlando. So this series is not that important for either team, uh, more so for Orlando just to see if they can actually defeat a one seed. But they don't have a ton of pieces that Milwaukee has. And, um, you know, with Orlando, they have Vucevic and they have Aaron Gordon and they have Terrence Ross and Fournier. Those guys are great, but they're not good enough. You don't have, like, a true all-star. And if you look at most of these teams, they have that one player or two players who are, like, it. You know, there's Giannis for Milwaukee. There's Siakam and Kyle Lowry for the Toronto Raptors. Tatum and Kemba Walker for the Celtics. You have, um, you know, uh, Sabonis and Oladipo with TJ Warren surprising us all. Um, Jimmy Butler for Miami. Philadelphia has Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. And so for Orlando, they don't have that. I think Vucevic is their closest thing. But, you know, they're going to have to fight. And it's not going to be easy because of Giannis and company. And it's probably going to be a tough one for them to try and climb the hill to get the victory. So this series doesn't really matter for them because they're not going to win. This series has important implications for um, the Milwaukee Bucks, specifically Chris Middleton. Time and time again, Giannis has showed us how great he is in the playoffs. But Chris Middleton seems to lose all of that all-star talent when it comes to the playoffs. And... The first series against Orlando is going to be a great test, and more importantly, it'll be great for his his game, because you don't have to worry so much about what's going to happen, because you know you're going to win. So Giannis can take a back seat in this first series, and you can have guys like Middleton and Brooke Lopez trying to figure out their game, and Eric Bledsoe, because you're going to be facing either Miami or Indiana in the next series, and for you as a team, having other players besides Giannis stepping up is going to be great because if we see this Orlando series and they win it in six games and nobody really does anything but Giannis, then teams are going to focus on double-teaming Giannis and keeping Giannis at bay and then not really worrying about everyone else and they'll just kind of hack up shots and, you know, you'll basically be losing your best player because they're going to be double-teaming and forcing the defense on him and, you know, that's going to be tough. So, this series is important for Milwaukee because they are just in need of their other players stepping up. And so if they can step up and step up big, it's going to be an important one and it'll help them for the long term. Because they can get by the first round with Giannis as their sole score facilitator and just best player. You need other players once you get past the first round. You can't go through it and expect it to you know, stick with what they have. So it's important that this series, the other guys step up because then you can say, okay, we have Giannis, but we have these other guys we can fall back on and rely on when the eventual happens and other teams will double team Giannis, keep him uh, heavy defense and everyone else kind of has to step up because that's how you're going to win. If you're a one player team, it's going to be very difficult to win because you have just one guy and he's going to get double teamed and he's going to get... Uh, you know, extensive defense, and everyone else needs to step up. 
Next, we have Toronto versus Brooklyn. Now, this has complications for both sides. First and foremost, this is the biggest uh, playoffs for Fred VanVleet. Uh, we'll start with Toronto. Um, if Van Vliet has an insanely good playoffs and they do very well and he does very well and they get far, then that's going to affect how much money he gets in the offseason. That's going to affect if Toronto wants to keep him around. That's going to affect everything going on because Toronto has enough cap space moving forward where they can go after a big-name free agent in the 2021 offseason. And so if Fred Van Vliet turns out to be a shell of himself. They're not going to want to pay him what he's going to expect. And either A, he's going to get less, or B, he's going to go somewhere else where they'll actually pay him. So it's a big series for, for him. It's this big series for Ibaka and Gasol because if they don't play well, this could mean that they don't get as much money in free agency. And more importantly, they may not stay in Toronto. You know, if these guys can play as veterans and role players and do their job, then I won't be surprised if they get a minimum contract or a little bit more than that from Toronto for a couple of years just to stay around and help out and, you know, mentor Siakam and mentor some of these younger guys because I think that's what they need to do. You know, Toronto has no wings. OG Ananube is not great, and anyone who says he is is just lying. He is an injury-prone small forward who has no talent in the NBA standards. They have Norman Powell, who is much better. He's a shooting guard, and I think they're more apt to play Powell and um, Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry rather than taking Powell out of the lineup and putting Ananobe in because he's just not healthy and he's just not good. And so maybe this series is something that will change my mind on that, but he hasn't given me any reason to uh, defend him for being a good NBA player. But they don't need him to be successful. They need Fred Van Vliet to step up. They need some of their other guys to step up because if those guys can do it, then they're looking pretty good. And, you know, they have a great team. Kyle Lowry is amazing, and he's going to be a force. And Toronto's looking very good. Now, on the other side of things, we have Brooklyn. So Brooklyn has, there's two sides to this story. If their younger players, Karius LeVert, Jared Allen, Torian Prince um, and company, play lights out basketball this is going to mean one of two things number one when Kevin Durant and Kyrie come back they'll have a bunch of young talented players that will eventually develop into complementary pieces to those two superstars and down the line that could be beneficial or if they play lights out basketball this gives ammo in terms of adding that third star that they want to go out and get and so if Karius LeVert can average 24 points in the series, or he could have a great series or Jared Allen gets a double-double average or something happens where they're just so insanely good, the value goes up, they could get traded and bring in that star that they really need uh, in Brooklyn to go along with Kyrie and Kevin Durant. So this series has implications for them because now you have all these other guys who need to step up because your two best players haven't played at all this season and, you know, Dimwitty's out and you have to just step up where you can. And so, yeah, the Brooklyn Nets look like a hobbled mess, but they have some, you know, talented players who could really be a big part of their team. And I could see that happening for sure. So Brooklyn just needs to have success with these guys because it could benefit them long-term and could benefit them if they're trying to get rid of some of these players for 
that third superstar. Now, we're going to move on to the next series, which is Boston versus Philadelphia. Now, Boston and Philadelphia are two total opposites. You have basically a small ball lineup with Boston and a larger lineup with the um, 76ers, where you have Josh Richardson, Tobias Harris, Al Horford, and um, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. And outside of Harris and uh, Josh Richardson, you have all big men and you have no guards, you know. Ben Simmons was playing your point guard. Josh Richardson's a combo, but more of a small forward in my opinion. Their team doesn't have shooting. Their team doesn't have scoring like the Celtics do. Celtics have not as much defense, although it is a pretty good defensive team. They have great scoring, three-point shooting, and the Celtics are just a better team overall. And this series for Philadelphia is important because if they play well and they somehow beat the Celtics, then people are going to say this is a good team and it might open up doors uh, for players wanting to come there in the future. If they lose this series, a lot of people are going to question whether or not this trust the process is actually working. Because for most people, trust the process is not um, going in the right direction because they've chosen time and time again the big man in a small ball league over the shooter. They've chosen players like Nerlens Noel, Jaleel Okafor, Joel Embiid, they have Ben Simmons, they have Al Horford, they have Tobias Harris. They don't have a starting guard in their lineup. And they got rid of shooters. They got rid of Bellinelli. They got rid of Ersan um, Silva. Jimmy Butler's gone. J.J. Reddick's gone. Robert Covington's gone. Shooters have left the building. And Philadelphia, trust the process, was going well. Not so much anymore. And yes, they'll keep making the playoffs with this team because when you have Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, that's good enough in my book. But they're just not great. I mean, for the Celtics, now we're going to switch gears and talk about them. If they can win this series, which I think they will, it's going to prompt the questions, where can they go from here? And what can they do? And how far they can go in the playoffs? And, you know, a lot of people are going to be saying that they made the right choice if they win this series. Keeping Tatum, keeping Brown, moving to these young guys, making sure that they were the priority. Celtics have time and time again made situations in which they could have gotten rid of Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, and they chose to keep these guys around for good reason. And if they play well in this series, everyone's going to be like, okay, they made the right choice. Because the Celtics could have traded Jalen Brown for Kawhi Leonard, and odds are he would have stayed. And they could have traded Jason Tatum for Anthony Davis, and odds are um, that would have been a, maybe a good move. But Tatum would have been an outstanding small forward in you know New Orleans, and we didn't want to lose him, which was uh, the right call. But this series for the Celtics is a big one because they look like they could be a dynasty for the next several years, and they have a lot of players that the other teams out there don't have. And when you look at Milwaukee, their players, Brooke Lopez, Eric Bledsoe, are older. And the Celtics have younger. And, yeah, they look um, real deal. So this series is important for them. Moving on to the best matchup in the Eastern Conference, Indiana versus Miami. And this is the best matchup in the sense that it's going to be the closest one, in my opinion. Both of these teams have what is a good chance at winning this game. Both of these teams are 
uh, a game apart in the standings, and it could go either way. I think Miami, with their two superstars in Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, are great. You have two superstars on the other side of things um, with Oladipo and Sabonis. Obviously, I don't think Sabonis is playing right now, but their team looks good, and um, I think this series is important for Miami because if they do well and move on, it could cement them as a spot down the line for free agents. If Indiana does well, then if someone does um, exceptional and stands out, then maybe, you know, this will set them up for the future. But, you know, Miami's in a better position because they have great players plus the cap space to go out and get someone who could be down the line top 10, 15 best, uh, you know, because they'll have enough cap space to do so. And, you know, knocking on the door is 2021 for agency. And that's going to be a big one. And so... Yeah, we'll have to see. Um, this series uh, is important. Let's move on to the Western Conference. Now, the Western Conference, we have Los Angeles versus the uh, number eight seed Portland Trailblazers. Now, I'm not going to say this is the easiest series to predict because while normal one versus eight might be a cakewalk, it's going to be a lot more difficult because of the way Portland has been playing. And their team at this point in time is one of the best going um, with uh, CJ McCollum and uh, now Damian Lillard at heights no one expected. You have Nurkic, Carmelo, Gary Trent Jr. Portland's a good team. Now they have shooting and scoring. Lakers just have defense and scoring. They don't have shooting. And if the... Portland Trailblazers can get off to a great start shooting the three. It'll be very difficult for any Lakers players to keep up. And this series, as much as I think the Lakers will win, could be a total opposite. I would love to see the Trailblazers win, and I think most of the NBA would, because we're kind of sick and tired of LeBron James. As much as he's the greatest uh, player in this decade, I'm kind of sick and tired, and I'm, I'm assuming most people are, of just seeing him win. I'd like to see him get knocked off his high horse and lose a lot more, which would be amazing. But, you know, if Portland can win this, who knows how far they can go. If the Lakers win this, it's as expected, and we're going to say, okay, who's next? You know, this has no implications for the Lakers if they win. If they lose, it's got a lot of implications because it's just, you know, people are going to say what's going to happen. How could they do this? How could they lose in the first round to Portland? You know, Anthony Davis might be reconsidering staying long-term. LeBron might say, this is the end. I might go somewhere else. You know, we don't know what's going to happen. And the Lakers are begging and hoping and pleading that eventually we see success. But if they don't have it in this series, a lot of people are going to question how good they can be. And they might reconsider the situation at hand. And that's bad for the Lakers because their future looks bleak if they don't have Anthony Davis and LeBron sitting um, in the purple and gold. Moving on to the Clippers taking on the Dallas Mavericks. This series is probably, in my opinion, um, going to be a lot closer than expected. I think Luka and Porzingis will give you know, Kawhi and Paul George a run for their money. You have two great head coaches. You have two great ownership groups. You have two great franchises at this point. And so we see success for both teams. Obviously, I think Dallas is just a little bit too early. 
and I think one more piece can get them a little bit higher. Clippers will win this. It won't be um, too crazy of a series, and that's that. Denver Nuggets versus the Utah Jazz might be the easiest series to predict. Denver Nuggets will win this without question because of the fact that they have the better players, and the Utah Jazz look like a cobbled mess. Mike Conley just went home for the birth of his kid, which is great, but it hurts the Utah Jazz a little bit more. They don't have Bogdanovich. They have Donovan Mitchell, who's still angry at Rudy Gobert, and we have a feuding um, situation there. Quinn Schneider's a decent head coach who doesn't have what it takes to get his players together. If this was a Doc Rivers, if this was a Steve Kerr, it would be a different story. They could get the players together, kind of mend fences, and it would be a better situation. But for Utah, they just look a mess. They have a lot of problems, and you don't know what they're going to do, and it's not going to be pretty. And so I think Utah's going to have to look at their future and see where it is because if Donovan Mitchell can't play with Rudy Gobert, one of those guys has to go. And I don't think Donovan Mitchell is the one going. I think it's going to be Rudy Gobert. Moving on to the 4-5. And right now, Houston versus OKC might be one of my favorite matchups. Like Miami-Indiana, there's no clear-cut victor at this point. You could argue one team has the edge, but not really. Yeah, Houston has James Harden, but Chris Paul is playing great basketball. Russell Westbrook's great, but I think Chris Paul is better this season than Russell Westbrook. You have Shea Julius Alexander and Steven Adams and Gallinari. And OKC needs to use their size over um, the Houston Rockets to win this series. The Houston Rockets need to use their three-point shooting over the Oklahoma City Thunder to win this series. So... This is a close one. It's two uh, teams that are well-matched. And there are a lot of years where the 4-5 matchup is a little lopsided just because there's only a few teams in the NBA that are that good. And so you have the 4-seed who's great and the 5-seed who's not. But this year, it's not one of those. You know, you have teams that are good. They're both good. They could both win. If we saw Houston win, if we saw OKC win, it wouldn't be a surprise. We'd expect it. I think for Houston, it'd be a little bit of a better win because they have this small ball lineup that they've been trying to work with and if they can get the victory a lot of people will say okay well small balls it works you know if OKC wins that'd be great too just because they were expected to be out of the playoffs um, rebuilding Paul George Russell Westbrook all these guys were gone during the offseason everyone expected Chris Paul to get traded because why would they keep Chris Paul around and so that's where OKC is. They're exceeding expectations, and they're doing good things. And I can't complain with how they play basketball. It's pretty good. And so Oklahoma City is great, and I think Houston's great. This will be a tough one. And I think if you know either of these teams lose, it's not going to be the end of the world because I think OKC is in a better spot uh, if they lose because they still have so many young pieces. I think if uh, the Rockets lose, who knows? But they'll be back uh, next year for sure. So, you know, either way, it's going to be a great series. And to be honest, I think uh, both teams have the shot at winning. I don't think either of them are going to move on to the next round because um, Lakers are the real deal. So I don't see anyone else moving forward. But, you know, the Lakers have what it takes and they will defeat Houston or OKC whoever they have to face long term yeah and so that's just going to do it for this one um, tune in to the next one where we look at more 
playoff basketball because we're getting there. And, yeah, that's what we're going to have to see.